stretch a hand out here while you're standing up and ask God to use me tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for thy mighty power that will be demonstrated in this place tonight. And thank you for the love of God going out to the people. And I thank you, Lord, I receive, I receive the prayers from my brothers and sisters. And in Jesus' name, I pray that their hearts and minds shall be receptive to thy word tonight. They could be blessed and have victory in God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said together? Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, it's good to see the satellite coming back on again. A lot of pastors did not want it to be closed, you know. A lot of small pastors, they, have, they don't get a chance very often to have people like Oral Roberts and different people to come by their church and preach. On a satellite, you can get all kinds of different people to come to your church on the screen and preach alive from Dallas, Texas. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me, please, to the book of Romans, the seventh chapter. You will be glad you came. And if you are dying with a disease, I want to let you know that you don't have to die. You can be healed. I watch Jesus heal people all the time. And healing is available for anybody. So I'd like to encourage you tonight to work real hard tomorrow and bring all the sick people you could possibly find to the service tomorrow night so they can get a have a chance to be healed. Most of the time, the Lord does not heal people watching the worldly television program. Sometimes he does if they watch the 700 Club or PTL or Bob or somebody that's on. He will heal them. But uh, I know I was on PTL with Bob some time ago and Jim Baker, we were just talking, the spirit of the healing power of God came on me, sat down on the set. He asked me to pray, and I prayed, and the Lord began to heal people all over. Some miracles, I mean, one woman says, well, I had a knot on my face, on my jaw like a grapefruit, and it fell off in my lap. And just all kind of things like that happening all the time. And all the phones began to ring at one time. But sometimes it happens that way, you know. If God anoints you, that anointing can go through the television screen. But there is a reason why that God does not heal you. Some people says, well, why don't God heal me? Is it God's will for God to heal everybody? Yes, it's the Lord's will for him to heal everybody. That is the Lord's will. There is no such thing. Get that straight once and for all and you can be blessed. There is no such thing that it's God's will to bless some people with something, but it's not God's will to bless somebody else. Jesus said, what I do for one, I will do for the other. And he gives you all kinds of examples in here about the blessings of God all the way through the New Testament, the Old and New Testament. That's the one he wants you to read about, the one in here. He wants you to read about this one in here. Jesus wants you to read about the one in here. And always remember, you personally, you are the other. You understand that? Not somebody else. You. If you read the Bible, then you're the other. Jesus said, what I do for one, I'll do for the other. You can find out in the New Testament what Jesus does for the one. The one what? Just name something. The one blind man. The one crippled man. 
the one palsy case, the one with leprosy, just name something, the one that needed money, the one that needed a new mind, the demon possessed. You can find out it's all in there. It's not someplace else. It's not something goofy you dream up. It's all in the New Testament. All of it. Just name something. It's in the New Testament. Already in there. It's already recorded. You can already see where they got victory. That's the one that God wants you to read about. Now, if you read about it in the New Testament, that's the one that Jesus is talking about. He's already proven to you and recorded what he'll do for the one. But if you read it, you are the other. In every case. Jesus said, what I do for the one, I will do for the other. The other is you, if you read it. But if you fail to read it and you don't take time to read it, then it's, it don't mean you. It's not for you. You have to study the Bible to show yourself approved. You can't believe the Bible unless you read it. You're not a Bible believer unless you read the Bible. You have to read it. You have to believe that God said it. If you become a Bible believer, you can have it. You say, well, I believe the Bible. No, 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 no. That's in general. You have to be specific. God does not honor general faith. He only honors specific faith. You can't get by with God on a shortcut and say, well, I believe that God can do anything. No, that, that's a good sign you don't believe nothing. It's a good sign you don't believe nothing. Well, I, I, some people say, well, I believe the Lord could heal somebody if he wanted to. There's no such thing as that. That's false doctrine and false teaching. There's no such thing as that anywhere. Anywhere in the Bible, there's no such thing as that. Nowhere. I don't know where you ever got it from. You sure didn't get it from God. But a lot of people believe that, though. Well, it's the Lord's will, he'll heal me, you know, we'll pray. We'll pray, and if it's the Lord's will, he'll heal me. And if he don't, because we prayed, and if he don't heal me, there's just, well, I just, just have to mark it up. Well, it's just not the Lord's will. There's no such thing as that. Get that straight. There is no such thing as that. Never has been any such thing as that. The Bible works for everybody. You understand that? The Bible works for everybody. But you have to do your own believing. God, God will require you to do your own believing. Yeah, but you don't understand. We've had 10,000 people praying and they died. Well, you're not assured, you're not assured to be healed because you have 10,000 people praying. You're only assured to be healed if you believe yourself. Nowhere in the New Testament does God promise you that somebody else can do your praying and you can receive from him all the time maybe one time or two times, and then it's all over for you. You have to do your own believing. You might get a heal from anointing on your pastor, you know, even once or twice or two or three times or three or four times, but you're going to have to come to a place where you do your own believing. And you will come to that place. You will come to that place. Either that or it cost you your life one. Because God expects you to do your own believing, not somebody for you. He wants us to pray for people because to encourage them and give them a word of instruction and so forth, you know, but you can't just keep on, you can't just keep on getting somebody else to do your own praying for you. You can't do that. Because, see, the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit represents heaven on earth. The Holy Spirit does. 
God himself, the creator of the universe, he's in heaven sitting on the throne of God. That's where he's at. Jesus, the son of God that paid the price for everything that you want or ever will want, it's already been paid, I said. Not going to be paid, it's already been paid. He's sitting on the right-hand side of God. Jesus is. Making intercession for you, hoping you'll believe the Bible and start reading the Bible and believe it. You have to read it first and then believe it. Now, if you read the Bible and then you believe what it says, then and then only the Holy Ghost is, will do the work for you. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, He is on the earth to bring heaven down to earth. There is no sickness in heaven. Mark it off. There, is, there are no cripples in heaven. Just mark it off. There's no poverty in heaven. Heaven is a real, extremely, extremely, extremely wealthy place. <coughs> That's where God lives, and He wants you to think like Him. God, God didn't make you. See, God made you. You wasn't, there wasn't such a thing as evolution. You, wasn't, you didn't come from a monkey. God made you. And God gave every man the measure of faith, and God wants you to think like Him. God's not interested in you thinking like somebody else. God wants you to think like Him. He made you in His own image, and He wants you to think like Him. He wants you to have the mind of Christ in you. He wants you to have his son's mind inside of you so you can think like him. If you do, then you can have victory. You know, the reason you don't get victory in, in, in many things of your life is because you do your own thinking. You do your own thinking. You don't, you, you, you're not allowed to think. Well, I mean, you're a free moral agent. You can think either way you want to. But if you're going to get heaven to earth, then you've got to think like heaven. You've got to think like heaven is. If you're going to have wealth, then you have to think wealth. Heaven is wealthy. If you're going to have a health, you have to think health. There is no sickness in heaven. If you're going to have joy, you have to think earth to bring heaven down to earth. There is no sickness in heaven. Mark it off. There, is, there are no cripples in heaven. Just mark it off. There's no poverty in heaven. Heaven is a real, extremely, extremely, extremely wealthy place. That's where God lives, and He wants you to think like Him. God, God didn't make you. See, God made you. you wasn't, there wasn't such a thing as evolution. You, wasn't, you didn't come from a monkey. God made you. And God gave every man the measure of faith. And God wants you to think like Him. God's not interested in you thinking like somebody else. God wants you to think like Him. He made you in His own image, and He wants you to think like Him. He wants you to have the mind of Christ in you. He wants you to have His Son's mind inside of you so you can think like Him. If you do, then you can have victory. You know, the reason you don't get victory in, in, in many things of your life is because you do your own thinking. You do your own thinking. You don't, you, you, you're not allowed to think. Well, I mean, you're a free moral agent. You can think either way you want to. But if you're going to get heaven to earth, then you've got to think like heaven. You've got to think like heaven is.
If you're going to have wealth, then you have to think wealth. Heaven is wealthy. If you're going to have a health, you have to think health. There is no sickness in heaven. If you're going to have joy, you have to think joy. You have to have a mind of joy. If you don't, you'll become a sad person. If you don't think health, you'll become a sick person. If you don't think wealth, you'll be wondering where your rent's coming next time I see you. You won't ever have it. Nothing that heaven offers you. Nothing. Nothing that heaven is can you have unless you think that way. You just have to know that. Unless you think that way. Jesus wants you to help him spread the gospel. Now you take a pastor that's pastoring your church, and a lot of pastors are watching tonight. But if they don't have the gifts of the Spirit operating in their church, well, they never will have the gifts of the Spirit operating in the church until they begin to read and believe and think the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. All you have to do to get the gifts of the Spirit operating in your church, all nine of them, not seven of them. Most Pentecostal churches have two of them. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Churches outside of Pentecostal usually don't have any of them. Oh, really? Well, tell me about it. They don't have any of them. Don't even know what they are. You can go pick, pick me out 50 pastors in Dallas, Texas that's non-Pentecostal. Let's say that's non-Pentecostal. They're not Pentecostal. Get me 50 pastors. Line them up in front of me tonight. Let me ask them some questions. Let me say, okay, boys, there's 50 of you here. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five seconds. I'm going to give all of you a piece of paper, and I'm going to give you a pen. And I'm going to give you five seconds to mark down on there, and I'm going to time you. you only got five seconds to mark on there. Where are the gifts of the Spirit found in the New Testament? <laughs> okay, your time's up. Don't mark anything. You lost at least 90% of them right then. Don't even know where they're found. And then say to them now, I'm going to give you one minute to write down all nine gifts of the Spirit. Just write them out real fast in script or print, whatever you want to do. Just write them down. There's nine of them. Write them down in there. You lost seven more percent. Ain't no way. That's who's pastoring your churches. You can expect to get heaven to earth. Heaven, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has given some of its gifts from heaven to earth. Given it to the church. And it plainly lists them. And God plainly asks you, ask all churches, don't be ignorant of these gifts. God said, I've given nine gifts to the church. Don't be ignorant, God said, of these gifts. The one thing that God has asked the human race not to be ignorant of, that's the one thing that they're the most ignorant of. But God's had that kind of trouble with human beings for years. 
But it's very easy to learn about the nine gifts of the Spirit. All you have to do is just take the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians and study it. Memorize it just like you, just like you did when you took a test in high school in your senior class. You had to study, study your books. You have to study your books. You had to study your books. You had to study your books in high school and college to pass the test. Do you understand that? You had to study your books. Well, if you don't study that, you're not going to know what they are. But any pastor that's non-Pentecostal, if he'll take the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and if he will study that, just 10 or 15 minutes or 30 minutes, study it. I mean, I was studied. He could memorize it. Then he'd know for the rest of his life. And know that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In verse 7 of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, then if he'll believe, believe what he reads, the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians will demolish all of your goofy doctrines. That's outside of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Well, we don't believe in tongues. Well, it don't make no difference what you believe. Always remember that. What you believe means 15 cents worth of nothing. God pays no attention to what you believe. Believe me, you don't disturb him at all. <laughs> God wrote the Bible. He expects you to believe it. Now, if you don't believe it, it's up to you. You're not going to move God by what you believe, what you don't believe. If you'll believe what God tells you to believe, you can have anything you want. I'm just telling you it's there for you. But you have to believe it's a gift. You have to believe it comes from heaven. You have to believe there's a person on earth that knows how to get it for you. Called the Holy Spirit. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. There is a person sent from heaven lives inside of you. He's not from Fort Worth. Amen. Well, he's not. You don't have anybody in Fort Worth that smart. <laughs> well, you don't. Or anywhere else. But the Holy Spirit is from heaven. From a world where there is no sickness and there is no disease and there's no poverty and there's no sadness. There's no confusion. None whatsoever. That's the kind of world he comes from. I'm sure the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you he can't understand at all why you're so ignorant. <laughs> He's probably still trying to figure you out. Why? Because he lives inside of you. And he came from heaven. And he has the knowledge to give you anything. And knows how to get it for you. Do you know he can give you knowledge? He can make you a million dollars and never work one day. Oh, really? <laughs> but he only gives you what you can stand. Do you ever stop and think if the Holy Spirit ever blessed you with, let's say, a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000, at one time, just give it to you, just poop, give it to you. What would you do? Oh, let me see what I would do. Let me get my pen. <laughs> I see he don't give it to you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you start marking all them things down. You know what you go, oh, yeah, I do this, and I do that, and I do this. I did one time, 
I had the Holy Spirit one time to manifest himself to me and make me a half a million dollars. I, I, I was riding in the car. And he, he swept in on me like the wind and broke me and I began to cry and weep and fell over the dash. And he spoke a word to me. One word, it made me a half a million dollars. I just come off of a trip where he told me to go do some mission work for him and I did it. And uh, I just come off of a trip and where he did that and never did work one day. Just made it for me. And I said, Lord, after I got it, I said, Jesus, what am I going to do with all this money? I really didn't need any before you gave it to me, but I mean, what am I going to do with it now? All this money. He said, you're going to use it for me and I'm going to take it away from you. I said, oh, is that right? He said, yeah, that's right. I said, okay, I see. Uh -huh. So that's the way it is. He said, that's the way it is. I says, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> so learn to handle money a little bit, and God may bless you with lots of it. It's up to you. It's up to you and Him. I mean, it's the biggest blessing in the world is stay close to God. You don't have to have money to stay, to stay close to God. It's just a side blessing for you, that's all. It's a good blessing for you if you want it. You can have it. Heaven's got lots of it. Heaven's rich. He builds mansions all the time with walls of jasper and gold streets and diamond doorknobs if he chooses to. He may, he, may, he may choose to put pearl on yours. I don't know. He might want to put a pearl doorknob on your front door and a diamond doorknob on your back door. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to. He makes the stuff anyway. What difference does it make? I mean, you might could even tell him. I don't know. He might just satisfy you. You like red pearl? He might give you a red pearl doorknob. Oh, really? Well, he makes the stuff and he loves you. No telling what he might do for you. He does all kinds of strange things that your mind can't figure out and mine either. But he just does them, that's all. It's amazing how much God loves you. It is absolutely amazing. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. And then, after he died, he sent the Holy Spirit. When his son prayed the prayer, he sent the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. That wants to give you everything. Oh, really? Yes, he wants to give you everything. Now then, listen to me closely. You need to be healed tonight. The Holy Spirit is after your inward man so you can be healed. You want to be blessed financially tonight? The Holy Spirit is after your inward man so you can think that way. Is your mind confused tonight? The Holy Spirit has abundance of joy and he's after your inward man. He's not after your body. Your body is not where you get blessed. That's the reason when you get blessed, your body can't understand it. It may jump up and down and scream, run around the building. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is after your inward man. He's after you. Didn't you know that? The Holy Spirit is after you. You say, well, I've been born again. He lives inside of me. Yeah, but you may be still dumb. And the Holy Spirit is one thing he's not, and that's ignorant. 
And always remember this. God does not deal in ignorance of any realm. He don't deal in ignorance. He deals with the word, chapter and verse. And he don't deal with anything else. It's chapter and verse. You just have to know that. And the Holy Spirit's been sent from heaven here to confirm the word and to perform it. For who? Just name somebody. He'll perform it for anybody. This young man down here can receive something. If I can receive something from God, you can receive it. If you've found the seventh chapter of Romans right now, oh yeah, my Bible school started this week. I have a Bible college in Tennessee that we've had for about 10 years. And every year the Lord send us, sends us about 100 and 110, 125, 85, 95, 100, 110, 125, like that. Students from different parts of the country. Sometimes they come from other, other countries. They come there. And nearly every one of them you talk to, you say, well, I, I ask them sometimes, I said, why'd you come to this school? Because the Lord wanted me to come here. Lord, I God forever. And it's wonderful to teach a class there. Sometimes when I teach a class there, the glory of God comes in and I get blessed more than the students do. I will be there with a seminar week after next. I'll be in Gatlinburg next week with my camp, fall camp meeting. Me and Schambach will be there together for a week. So if you want to come to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, call the Holiday Inn, make reservations. They have a free toll number. But the next week, I'm going to have a prayer and intercession seminar at my Bible school auditorium in Cleveland, Tennessee. We'll have three services a day. Billy Brim is going to help me. And we're going to have a prayer intercession seminar. And I don't ever have one. I have one every year there. And I, don't, I never teach. About the third day, the Holy Ghost begins to fall. He may fall the first night this time. So I'd like to say hello to all the new students at New Life. And I'll be seeing you week after next, a Monday week. Monday week, I'll be seeing you. And we'll start a prayer and intercession seminar. And our seminars usually goes for five days. We hold, hold them five days. Your whole life can be changed. I appreciate Ron being there this week and teaching on the ministry of helps. He's from Brother Higgins. He's from Brother Higgins' ministry up in, up in uh, I think he works for Billy Joe now, but he was, went to Raymond and was trained there. I one time I spoke for, for a week at Raymond for Brother Hagin, and Ron was the head usher there. He's one of the ushers, and he's, and all the ushers, all the ushers, a lot of them worked 40 hours a week, and they still paid their own tuition to the school. And uh, they all went together and went to painting. They, have a, they had a little paint company, and all 11 or 12 ushers would paint. And that's the way they'd raise money to live on. And they'd usher, they would usher there for sometimes 40 hours a week each at Rhema for Brother Hagin. And they even paid their own tuition, all of them. They worked 40 hours a week. They just wanted to be blessed, and the ministry of helps. So he's out this week teaching New Life Bible School students the ministry of helps. He's one of the best teachers in the country on ministry of helps. And I appreciate him being there. But I said that to let you know that students come to a Bible college to learn about God. I've said many times, if I think sometimes that if God finds any kind of favor, I know he don't, he loves everybody the same. But it seems like his hand reaches out to Bible school students. Because you take people from all walks of life and all ages come to a place together there to stay nine months to learn about God, well, you just might as well look out. Because God can mold you in a place like that. He just molds you, that's all. 
and your ministry can come forth. Many students won't know what their ministry is right now exactly, but a lot of, a lot of those same students will know before June comes. They walk down and get their diploma. They will know. They will know that they know what the Lord has sent them there to do. Because if you can teach students or anybody else about the Holy Spirit and what He will do for you and what makes Him do it, then they can receive from God. Now, if you haven't found the seventh chapter of Romans, you probably never will. <laughs> I do have a verse of Scripture, you know, to back up everything I've said to you. I hope you know that. If I didn't, I wouldn't be saying it. I don't go around the country teaching my doctrine. I don't have any doctrine. The Bible says in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, now get your Bible and turn there if you don't have it yet. In the 22nd verse, God has a law of victory. Everybody say, God's law, God's law. Is, victory. is victory. All right. <clears throat> For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. After the inward man. The law of God is victory. Get that settled in your mind, your spirit, once and for all. The law of God is victory. The law of God is victory. And the Holy Spirit is after your inward man. Because unless the Holy Spirit can possess your inward man, you will never have the victory. Never. You will never have the victory. Your inward man has to be turned over to the power of the Holy Spirit to listen to Him. Or you will never have the victory. That's the reason many people don't get healed. Because their inward man is not turned over to Jesus the healer. It's kind of a general type believing thing. You know, just general believing? Well, uh, I believe the Lord can heal me if He wanted to. Well, I told you before, there's no such thing as that. You have to get all the junk out of you before the Holy Spirit can take over your inward man. The Holy Spirit is after your inward man. Now remember, He has the knowledge to give you victory in every area of your life. He knows how to fill up your pocketbook. He knows exactly how to heal you. He knows exactly how to save your children. He knows exactly how to give you perfect peace that passeth all understanding. Now you understand, I don't know how to do all these things. I'm not a healer. I'm a man. I'm not a savior. Jesus is. All I am is an instructor. And when you're called, you're called, you might as well yield to it. And let God mold you into being whatever you want to be. When God lays his hand on you and calls you, you might as well give up. Because if you don't, you'll be a miserable, wretched human being for the rest of your life. 
and all of you people out there that's watching television, this is on national satellite, and you're running from God, you haven't given your life to God yet. If you have a mother or grandmother or somebody praying for you all the time and they're filled with the Spirit praying for you, I can help you a lot tonight and cause you a lot of, I can cause you a lot of heartaches. Give up. Because the hounds of heaven will be after you forever. As long as they pray, God won't leave you alone. So you might as well go to the nearest church or your living room right there tonight and fall on your face on the floor and say, God, oh, scream out to God for mercy. And you scream out to God for mercy, well, he'll show you mercy and he'll come and get you. Then the Holy Spirit will be after your inward man. Well, what is after your inward man for? The Holy Spirit is after your inward man because he wants you to think like him. Whether you know it or not, the Holy Spirit, he don't want you to think like you think. Well, he don't. You say, but Brother Norval, I, I, I'm educated. I got a degree from here in Dallas at SMU. Is that right? Well, the Holy Spirit, he wants you to have a degree from heaven. He wants you to read the Bible, study the Bible, and show yourself approved that you believe heaven's like it's recorded. And see all the goodness of God and all the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ and what a heaven has to offer you, what you're going to have right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to see that from the Word of God. Then he wants you to claim it for yourself. Start claiming it for yourself. It don't come cheap, you know. Well, the Lord knows I love him, and if he wants me to have it, he will. No, he won't. That's not the way you get it. You get things that God's promised you by faith. Faith in what? Faith in chapter and verse, not men's doctrine. Faith in chapter and verse. That's what your faith must be in. It must be in chapter and verse. Your faith must be in chapter and verse. If it's not in chapter and verse, the Holy Spirit will not do it for you. That's the reason he's after your inward man to get you to think like he does. The Holy Spirit, he thinks like the Word is. And that's the only way he thinks. He don't think any other way. He's not going to think any other way. He only thinks one way. And that's victory. That's victory. And as soon as you start thinking like that, he'll give you victory. And if you'll show God, and always remember, you have to show God. You can't think it the way you want to think. 22nd verse again. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, the law of God is after your inward man. The law of God is. After your inward man. Why is he after your inward man? Because he wants you to think like he does. The Holy Spirit wants you to think, God wants you to think like his law is. Victory. 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 John Osteen just called me today. Asked me if I'd come down to his church. And everything is fine with John. He's getting along just fine. He said he felt better than he had felt in 10 years. Praise the Lord forever. And you know, I, I had lunch with John the other day down in Houston. And he told me, he says, Norval, he said, do you know that, he said, do you know that that book you've got, he said, how to live and not die. He said, I've been reading that book. 
He said, do you know that that book caused Dodie to get healed? And I said, no, I didn't know it. Well, he said, you know, Dodie was dying with cancer here a few months ago, a year or two ago or something. He said, he said she was, you know, doctors, you know, says no hope. And she was trying to believe the best she could and struggling a little bit and with it, you know, and trying to believe. She's trying to believe and trying to believe. He said she was reading that book one day and she jumped out of the bed. I mean, she jumped straight up. Brother Newman says, John, John, look at what Brother Norval said. I don't have to die. Well, it's not because I said it. It's because God said it. I just happened, I just happened to have it in the book, that's all. But since I was author of the book, that's what she said. Look at what Norval says, John. I don't have to die. I don't have to die with this cancer. Then she started saying, why cancer? I don't have to die. I mean, Brother Norval told me to talk to it and tell it you can't even kill me. So I just started to say, uh, cancer, I, you can't kill me. Uh, you, you don't have a right to take my life. I'm sick and tired of you. I'm sick and tired of you. I'm sick and tired of you. No! Now you all know all the stuff that Bob and Marty was talking to you about tonight? Well, that's what it's all about. I hope you got everything they said. Because that's exactly what it's all about. Just keep on sowing seed. Don't worry about the, don't worry about the harvest. The harvest is none of your business. Just keep on sowing seed. Keep on sowing seed. Keep on sowing seed. Keep on sowing seed. And not just money seed. See, the body of Christ is so sick where prosperity is concerned. Every time you mention something like that, they think, oh, it's money again. Money, money, money. 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 No, it's not money, money, money. God wants you to sow seed and knock it on doors to get people saved. God wants you to sow seed to go out and pray for the sick so when you get sick, He can heal you. God wants you to win souls for Him so He can save your children. And God wants you to get people baptized in the Holy Ghost so they can have joy so He can give you joy. Money is involved in it, but it's not. But that's just one thing. Money part is just one thing. And you're not very prosperous if you're worth $5 billion and your children are going to hell and, and you got cancer. That's not what you call prosperity. Just because you have a lot of money, get this straight. Just because you have a lot of money, it don't mean you're prosperous at all. It has nothing to do with it. You could, you could have, like I said, $5 million. You could be in such a miserable shape, you're not prosperous. You're a miserable, wretched human being. Your children are drinking whiskey goofing up in life and taking dope and on the road to hell you got a disease that you can't even be healed of Mr. Kennedy found out that money didn't work he was worth millions and millions and millions and millions and millions watched all of his no not all of them watched a whole bunch of his children just die right in front of him wound up in a wheelchair have to set the wheelchair and watch his children die with all of his millions he can't do anything not a thing but actually he can't do anything because he made his money selling whiskey you can't sell whiskey to American people and expect God to bless it. I don't care if your name is Rockefeller, Kennedy, or what your name is. Your name has nothing to do with it. I don't care if you're the, one of the best American families there is in America. If you make your money selling whiskey, I've got news for your dumb head. You are going to suffer like you would not believe before you die. If you don't repent, then you're going to go to hell when you die. So you have to watch yourself. You can't, you can't make your money selling whiskey. Well, it's, it's legal. Well, it's not legal for you if you're born again by the Spirit of God. It's not legal for you. And if you do it, the curse of God will come up on you. You have to watch. You can't mistreat human beings. You can't sell human beings things to get them drunk. 
And you can't sell, you, you just can't do it because the curse of God, the curse of the world will come up on you. You have to watch yourself. You can't do anything you want to. You have to strive to please the Lord. When you pray, you ought to tell God, I want to please you, Jesus. Above all things, I want to please you. God, please let my life please you. More than anything in the world, I want to please you. And if you'll do it, God will bless you mightily. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Well, all right. So you get the law of God in your inward man. Will you accept the law of God tonight in your inward man? Will you accept Jesus the provider, Jesus the healer, Jesus the savior, Jesus the joy giver? Will you let the Holy Spirit get that in your inward man? He's after your inward man, the real you. He's after it. He wants to possess it. He wants you to think like he thinks because he has the answers. You don't have all the answers. You're just like me. You don't have all the answers, but he does. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Has, all the answers has all the answers to every case. To every case. Everybody say the Holy, Spirit the Holy Spirit has all the answers, has all the answers. In, every case. in every case. And see if church members would listen, if they would learn to take notes from their pastors in those Sunday morning sermons that God gives to pastors, if the members of the church would learn to take notes Get your composition book or something and take notes of the first page and all the way through it so you, won't, so you won't lose it. Because if you don't, you'll forget about what the sermon is by Tuesday at noon. Thursday, it'll be vague. After you hear two or three more sermons, what was it that he said? I mean, what was it he said? What was it he said? You don't know nothing about it all. The devil comes and steals it away from you. But if you listen to those sermons that your pastor gives you every Sunday morning, you can learn how to live, my brother and sister. You can learn how to live in victorious life. Because God will give the pastor the type of sermons that you need. All you do is take down what he says. You'll get one or two or three nuggets this Sunday. And this Sunday night you'll get some more. Next Sunday you'll get some more. Next Sunday you'll get some more. It won't be very long till you'll become a Bible believer. That is, if you work real hard at it. Many people believe what they want to believe. They don't really believe the Bible. They just believe what they want to believe. Now let's read it again. I want you to get it real strong. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Well, is that all there is to it? No, that's not all there is to it. I don't care how much you believe God. I don't care if you're rich, healthy, and full of joy. Always remember this. The devil is not dead. You understand that? The devil is not dead. Look at the 23rd verse. The Bible tells you the devil is not dead. But I see another law in my members. Look at me, church. Look at me. That's right. That's right. It's in your members. But it's not in the inward man. It's in your members. It's not in the inward man. The Holy Ghost is after the inward man. The Holy Spirit is after the inward man. The, law of, the Holy Spirit is here to obey the law of God. The law of God is victory for you. The law of God is victory for you. And the Holy Spirit is here to obey the law of God. The Holy Spirit is not an outlaw. He does not rebel against the law of God. He is here to perform the law of God for you if you'll believe it. But there's another law that you have to live with as long as you breathe. You have to live with that other law. Oh, really? <laughs> Look at the 23rd verse. But I see another law. 
Everybody say another. That means there's two laws, the law of God and another law. But I see another law in my members. Yeah, you better believe it. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Now, always remember this. It'll always be in your members. As long as you live, you'll always be your members. I always had about a month to teach you on this stuff. I could lay it down in front of you flat and easy. You could learn it step by step. When you get born again by the Spirit of God, your flesh did not get reborn. Your body does not change. And because Adam and Eve committed sin, then you're living under the law of flesh. As long as you breathe, you'll be living under the law of flesh. Your body will be, not you. The real you is the inward man. The real you that's been born again by the Spirit of God is the inward man. But now you can be born again by the Spirit of God and, you're, and you can still be an ignorant person because you won't accept the law of God. You accept the doctrines of men. Well, I believe that the Lord will heal me if he wants to. There's no such law as that. That's a lie from hell. It's dangerous to believe any way you want to believe. God warns you against the doctrines of men. Jesus is who he says he is or he's not. And there's no in-between. The Lord Jesus Christ is a healer or he's not a healer. And if he's not a healer, then he's the biggest phony I ever saw. Because the Bible, he healed people all the way through the New Testament. If, all, if everything he did is a phony, then... <laughs> Hang it up, man. But it's not a phony. And he didn't do anything phony. What he did was real. And he never changes. And he says, what I do for one, I'll do for the other. You can have it. Whatever you want, you can have. Through the name of Jesus, that is. Not through doctrines of men according to the word. Who will give it to you? The Holy Spirit will give it to you. If. Everybody say if. The Holy Spirit will give it to you if he can ever possess your inward man. He has to take control of your inward man. Because unless you give your inward man to the Holy Spirit, you will continue to think like you want to think. And the Lord Jesus Christ and God himself will not honor that. The Father and the Son in heaven will not honor that. And besides that, I can prove it to you from the New Testament. The Holy Spirit, He lives inside of you, but He only does what He hears. Your faith and your believing has to be approved in heaven first. The Holy Spirit lives in your belly. He is a performer, but He only does what He hears. The moment the Holy Spirit hears Jesus say to Him, God the Father has approved of John Smith's faith in Dallas, Texas. Give it to him because he's been confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as a healer. His inward man has been boiling out of his body. Been boiling out of his body that Jesus is his healer. Jesus is his healer. Yeah. You can see the light and start doing it right then. You can get it tonight if you want to get it. Dodie Osteen got it when she read my book. 
That's what John told me. She jumped up and says, look here, look here, look here. Look at what Brother Norville said, John. Look at what he said in this book. Look at what he said in this book. I don't have to die. I can live. I can talk to the cancer and make it leave me. I can resist it. I can rebuke it. I can make it leave me. Jesus' name, he says, Jesus' name has more power than cancer. And she starts saying, well, I'm not going to die with cancer. Cancer, you can't kill me. I resist you in Jesus' name. Cancer, you can't kill me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Cancer, I'm talking to you. You go from me in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And, then, and Brother Norval says to do it all the time. Every day, 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 every day. Why do I pound on that? People that imitate me around the country, they always say that. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Listen to my tapes. Because... You got to do it every day because if you take off a day, the Holy Spirit takes off a day. He don't do nothing. You take off a week, he lies dormant in your belly for a week. You forgot to read the Bible, you, got to, you, stop, you, you, you forgot to confess for two weeks, he lies dormant in your belly. And don't do anything. He only does for you daily what he hears. He only does for you daily what he hears. One of the reasons I don't have a lot of problems is because years ago, years ago, the Lord told me one day, he says, the Spirit of God came on to me and overshadowed me and said, Son, the church is sadly lacking. I said, the church... What do you mean, Jesus? What do you mean? He said, they don't worship me enough. Now, wait a minute, though. Then he said to me, when I look down and see an individual person worshiping me or a church worshiping me, a special individual person worshiping me alone, I begin to work right then through the Holy Spirit and through angels to give that person everything that they want. Because they've obeyed the number one law of God. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and thou shalt have no other gods before him. So I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Every day, I try to spend time worshiping Jesus alone by myself. By myself. Everybody say, by myself. By myself. Worshiping Jesus alone by yourself, and that's when, you, uh, that's when you're sincere about it. See, it's easy to walk into church and everybody's saying, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Four or five people start dancing down the front and you say, well, they're dancing. I think I'll do that. Oh, down the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, that's fine, honey, but you know, <laughs> a lot of times people do it because somebody else is doing it. Nothing wrong with that. It's fine. If you want to do it, that's fine. Praise God forever. But you have to understand this. You want to impress God? I mean, is that what you're trying to do, impress God? Are you trying to show God that you're spiritual? Are the people that's in church, which, which one? Pick one, there's only two of the people in God. You got one of them. One of them you're trying to impress or do something. Uh, you want to be sincere with God? Then go in your back room. 
Nobody around. Nobody around. Kneel on your knees and start worshiping Jesus. Not, not some other, just start worshiping Him. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus, and I praise the Lord. Oh, God, there is no other God on earth like you. I worship your master's name, Jesus. Jesus, I hold your name above all names on the earth. I was speaking one time in a, in a, in a university campus down in Georgia, out in the open, in front of the administration building at noontime. Me and Jed Smock. And I'm walking up down the sidewalk with several hundred students watching me, you know, speaking to them. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came on me and said, show these young people how to worship me because nobody has ever taught them how to worship me. Now, isn't that sad? Go to church all your life and nobody ever teach you how to worship Jesus. Now, isn't that sick? I said, oh, students, students, I said, uh, the, Lord, the Lord said he wanted me to teach you how to worship him. Nobody ever taught you how to worship him. He wants me to teach you how to worship him. Good, because if you'll worship him in your dormitory rooms, you can have anything you want because the Lord loves you and he'll come and just search you out and give you anything you want because he wants to bless you, see. He wants to bless you. God says, above all things on the earth, he says, my greatest desire. God says, the greatest privilege that I have in my life, in the life of God, the greatest privilege, the number one privilege that I have is to give to my children what's been provided for them through my son. Lord, to God, that's his number one privilege. So I just stopped on the sidewalk and started worshiping Jesus. I closed my eyes. I mean, it's good to close your eyes when you've got several hundred students looking at you in, a, in the middle of the day, in the middle of the day in, in a university campus. So I just on the sidewalk and I basically closed my eyes and began to worship Jesus like this. And I, I, I worshiped him, I guess, about five minutes. I just kept on worshiping the Lord. Everything was real quiet. There's, you know, the deans were standing around watching me. The teachers. I just started worshiping Jesus. And I worship Him and praise Him. Glorify the name of Jesus, Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord, for making all these precious students, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, God, we worship thee, oh, Jesus. Thou art so wonderful, Jesus. When you get set free from men and yourself, you can do that without shame. Hallelujah. But if you haven't been set free, you can't do it. You're still, working, you're still trying to work under the law of this. I find another law that's in my members that tries to make me do goofy things. <laughs> oh, yeah, you said that right. Sure you do. <laughs> it will try to make you do goofy things. And all of a sudden, after about five minutes, I heard, I heard some students start crying. Right in front of me, they would. <laughs> Spirit of God hit them, fell on them on campus. You mean out in the grass and open? Oh yeah, just sitting there in the grass. I said, I opened my eyes after a few minutes and they were weeping right in front of me. The Spirit of God had fell up on them. That's when God starts giving you, starts working out to give you anything that you want. Because the Holy Spirit does not have your inward man like he wants to unless you want God. The number one thing the Holy Spirit wants you to do is worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you ever worship Him? You say, I go to church. Now, don't answer questions I didn't ask you. I said, do you ever worship Jesus? Uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> I wish I'd have stayed at home tonight. 
That doesn't make no difference. I'm asking you a question. Do you ever worship Him? If you don't, see, the Holy Spirit is after you inward, man, first of all, first of all, to get you to worship Him. If, you, if you'll ever start that in your life, get this straight, church, and many churches watching. If you ever stop worshiping Jesus, people, in your back room alone, your days of want is over. Because I promise you that you're worshiping a God of plenty. And He knows how to get you plenty. And if you'll let the Holy Spirit get your inward man to the point that you will worship Jesus daily, your days of want is over. Things. Notice that's plural. I said things will just start working out for you. They'll just start working out for you. Just does it. I said, is that right, Lord? He said, that's the biggest fault of the church. Mm-hmm. But verse 25, I mean, verse 23. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. When you got born again, this, your body did not get born again, but your spirit did. But you know, my brother and sister, after you get born again, if you don't spend time reading God's Word and believe what you read and accept it as being God's infallible Word and accept it for you personally, you'll still have a lot of trouble because you don't trust God fully. But if you, you can trust God fully. Don't worry about it. You can trust Him. Don't worry about the manifestation. Just worry about your faith. I mean, just be concerned about your faith. Make sure you've got the Hebrews kind of faith. Make sure you have the Abraham and Jesus kind of faith. Believe that you got it before you get it, and then you'll get it. That's the Hebrews, that's the Hebrews and Jesus and Abraham kind of faith. Notice verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. That's right. You know the reason why you don't get healed is because you're not serving Jesus the healer. Jesus the healer, the Holy Spirit wants to have your inward man possessed with Jesus the healer if you want to be healed. And you won't take no for an answer. You won't take no for an answer. You'll just take victory, that's all. The law of God is victory. The law of God is complete victory. The law of God is health for everybody. The law of God is wealth, if you can stand it. Most people can't stand it. That's the reason most people never have it. But it's still a law anyway. The law of joy is the law of God. The law of peace that passeth all understanding, that the world knows nothing about. It's a law, you understand that? The law of God. You can have it if you want it. Anything you want, the law of God's got it. That's just the Holy Spirit is after the inward man, respecting the law of God. But then after you get the law of God, after you respect the law of God and learn who you are in Christ Jesus, you have to live in your body. 
but I found another law that I live in my members. I mean, I live in my members. The members, it makes me, it makes me want to sin. It makes me want to do this. And this disease I have that hurts, it makes me want to give it attention and makes me want to uh, pet it and makes me want to uh, wonder uh, if I'm healed and makes me want to, this disease. Uh-huh. But let the Holy Spirit possess your own human spirit, the inward man with Jesus, the healer. Then you will say no to it. Pain, no. Pain, no. Jesus' name, no. I'm going to accept this. Any kind of disease that you will not accept has to leave you. It has to totally leave you. Now, get that straight. See, half of you didn't a bit more get that in the goose in the snowstorm. I said, it has to leave you. It has no choice. Your crooked leg has to stretch out and be made normal. It has to. You understand that? But your spirit has to be possessed by the Holy Spirit under the law of God, which is victory. Under the law of God, which is victory. The Holy Spirit that lives in you, He knows how to heal a crippled person. He knows exactly how to heal somebody. Regardless of what's wrong, he knows how to heal you. The Holy Spirit of God, you go down through your body and smite the disease. I tell people all the time, the Holy Spirit of God is the best surgeon I ever met. I watch him heal, him all, I watch him heal people all the time. I watch him operate on people all the time. He said, but Brother Norval, do I have to do my own believing all the time? Well, there is another way that you can receive your healing and receive healing, but you'll lose it if you don't, if you don't, get, get, if you don't let the Holy Spirit possess your inward man after your inward man. Accept in your inward man that Jesus is your healer and keep on accepting that and claim it boldly by faith in Jesus' name. You have to claim it by faith in Jesus' name. You say, well, how is that? Well, turn with me, please, to... Second Peter, no, First Peter, and I'll show you something. This is the law of God. The law of God. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 24. Now, this is the law of God. I said, church, this is the law of God. Now listen, listen closely. Verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed is past tense. If you were healed, then you are healed. It's a law of God that you're already healed. The price has already been paid for your healing. It's a law of God, I'm telling you, that you, the price has already been paid for your healing. You have to pay no price. All you have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to possess the inward man. To the point that you're, to the point, 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 to the point that you'll go around saying, Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my miracle worker. Jesus is my healer. The Lord Jesus Christ is my miracle worker. Thank God Jesus is my healer. 
when you get up tomorrow and you feel worse than you did today, say it louder. Now I'm just telling you what to do. The Bible says, come before the throne of God with boldness. Next day say, Jesus is my healer. But the pain is worse than the novel. Don't tell me about the pain. Obey it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, don't make me nervous. Oh, I'm going to make you nervous if you don't obey it. <laughs> Jesus is my healer. Jesus, you are my healer. Jesus, you are my healer. Now, this next, especially the next morning when you get up, if it's worse. The next day when you get up, if it's worse. I'm just talking about if it's worse. You keep the song, same tone if it's not worse. But if it's worse, then say, Hey, devil, you act like you're hard of hearing. Climb up in a chair or on top of the table and say the third day, say, Jesus, you are my healer. Jesus, you are my healer. Jesus, you are my healer. No cancer will kill me. Jesus, you are my healer. Okay, the third day. You know, you get up the next day and it's worse. The fourth day, it's worse. In fact, you think you're going to die. That is, the members of your body thinks they are. But remember now that the Holy Spirit has your inward man. Your inward man now thinks like the Holy Spirit thinks. And the Holy Spirit says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now the fourth day, climb up again, but stop confessing it and let the devil know where you stand. Start singing it. But I'm hurting. Oh, no, no, no. Shut up. Don't say that. Start singing it. Jesus, you are my healer. Oh, Jesus, you are my healer. Just start singing it out. Sing it for about an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. And most of the time, now listen to me closely and you'll learn something. Most of the time, or you could, now when you, when you get into the joy part like the fourth day, <clears throat> if you'll do it, just stand there and do it with joy and sing it out in the midst of the pain. And nearly every time, that, that, and I can't guarantee you this, but nearly every time that day, if you'll sing it long enough, you'll get healed standing there. The Holy Ghost will come and operate on you. I'm just telling you that it will. It means your spirit has been possessed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is after your inward man to think like he thinks. The Holy Spirit is after your inward man. And the Holy Spirit not, not only thinks, he knows that he knows that he knows that he knows that Jesus is the best surgeon in the world. And there is nothing that he won't heal. He'll straighten your crooked leg out so straight to make your head swim. And do it so quick. You said, is the Lord... Now, that's, I'm telling what, what you to do. You do it yourself. You do it yourself along that line. Well, 
I'm trying, but what about these cases that can't do that? And, and they try to live here, and they live there, and, and, and they're looking for somebody. Well, God's got a way for you too. Now that's where I come in. No, really? Yep. That's where I come in. Jesus would like for you to live under the law of God and let your inward man be possessed with the mind of Christ, meaning the Holy Ghost. That you could see nothing except victory. Talk nothing except victory. Sing nothing except victory. In the midst of pain and turmoil and sickness and disease and death. Sing it out. Don't call your relatives to come in and mourn. Sing it out. Make yourself sing. And don't wait too late to start singing. If you do, your singing days will be over. <laughs> now remember before you start confessing and singing, remember that at morning you worship Jesus alone. Don't run around with the Lord Jesus Christ all the time. I'm sick, Lord. I'm broke, Lord. I'm confused, Lord. Uh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I think I'll confess. Gimme, gimme, gimme. No. <laughs> Listen, you weird thing, you. <laughs> every, every morning, hold your hands up and worship God, first of all. Amen. Have you worshiped Jesus today? Well, I'm, no, but I was listening to one of your tapes, Brother Noble, and you said, you said this, you know. I said, did you, did you worship Jesus today? Well, no. I said, you don't have right to, if you're not going to worship him, you have no right to ask him for anything. You don't have any rights. Unless you worship God, unless you take the Lord Jesus Christ stone, the one that you praise and worship, you have no right to heaven's blessing. You have no right to heaven's blessing. I am telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ has prepared the abundant life for believers. Prepared the abundant life for believers. And sometimes he's so wonderful, he heals sinners. You say, you've got to be kidding uh, no, I'm not kidding you. Sometimes he does. If I'm about to say Jesus, Jesus. Loves, all loves all sinners. Yeah, he loves all sinners. I'm telling you, he loves all sinners. I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, uh, for, for so long, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that, that uh, I knew that God loves sinners. But me being from the First Baptist Church, well, you ought to know that what in the world did I know about healing? My mother died with cancer. My brother died with bastard disease, a football player in high school. I mean, what did I know about healing? I didn't just watch them die. You know, everybody, of course, everybody in the First Baptist Church did that. We didn't have any public healing services. Not once did we ever run an ad in the First Baptist Church in a paper, you know, a great big spread and say, we're having a healing service Sunday night at the First Baptist Church. Bring all the sick to be healed. Never, not once. I have never seen an ad like that. Never, not one. long as you're ashamed to run an ad like that concerning your church and have your church name connected with healing, always remember, as long as you're ashamed of that, Jesus will never heal people in your church. Everything about God that you're ashamed of, God will see to it that you never get it. But everything that you believe boldly in front of the whole world, God will give it to you. He'll give you anything you want. I'm telling you, He'll give you anything you want. I was the most, I thought I was the least likely prospect in the world that God would ever do something for. But I was in a service one night and a deaf man approached me and says, 
Well, I know what's wrong with me since I've been hearing you teach. Yeah, he's a Pentecostal fellow. Been hearing Pentecostals teach for years. He says, after hearing you teach the Bible, he says, I don't know what's wrong with me. He said, I'm, now listen to this. He said, I love the Lord. I'm a Pentecostal leader. But I, he, said, he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me I have a demon in my members. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, I've been deaf for 30 years. I said, in my members, not in my spirit, not in my spirit, in my members. In my members, your flesh. Did you know you can have cancer in your flesh? The devil can put cancer up on you and kill you in your flesh, and your spirit can be close to God. But you don't accept the blessing, so you don't get the blessing. You just have to die. If you don't get the blessing, you have to die. Always remember that. If you don't get the blessing, then the devil comes in and messes you up. You have to have the blessing of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is a blesser. You have a right to be blessed. You have a right to the blessings of heaven. Any blessing of heaven, you have a right to it. I mean, it's for the, it's, if it's for the general public and not a specific ministry, you have a right to it, my brother and sister. That's the reason that God, the Holy Spirit, is after, He's after your inward man, that you will think like Him. And not like people taught you how you think now, you know. You think like Him. And He only thinks victory. He thinks like heaven is. The Holy Spirit thinks like heaven is. And the Lord said to me, cast that deaf spirit out of him. Why? Because he accepted the truth. Peter run around and said, I'm a Pentecostal leader and I love the Lord and a Pentecostal can't have a demon and forget it and you're not going to pray for me, forget it. That man would have died deaf. He would have, he'd, been, he'd been deaf for 30 years. 30 years been deaf. He'd have died deaf. But he heard me teach the Bible. Gets up out of his seat. I don't even give an invitation. Just walks down the front boldly right in front of the whole right in front of the whole room full of people. A ballroom at a holiday inn. A Christmas banquet. I'm speaking to a Christmas banquet. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Just walks down front and lets me know. The Lord told me to come down here, get you to pray for me. I see it. I see it. He saw. He saw he had a demon in his members, in his flesh. Everybody say, a demon in his flesh. Everybody say, not in his spirit. A demon in his ears. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit does not make people deaf. Everybody say, deaf demons makes people deaf. Don't ever forget that. That's the way it is. I see it. I see it. After hearing you teach, I see it. I have a deaf demon in my members, in my ears. Been in there 30 years. And the word of the Lord said to me, cast that deaf spirit out of him. Just that simple. In Jesus' name, how you do it? This is the way you do it. You foul deaf spirit that's wrecked this man's life, that's wrecked his hearing, that's wrecked a part of his life for 30 years. I command you, you obey me, you foul deaf spirit. Come out of him! He fell flat on the floor. Hit on his face, lay there like he's unconscious. A little funny voice being going to come out of him. And the thing went, Eow! and left the room. He woke up, both ears had popped up, and he started laughing. And he started laughing, and he laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed. I said, what are you laughing about? He said, I never heard a watch tick before. <laughs> I said, my God, do you hear your watch tick? He said, yeah, I hear my watch tick. I thought about, maybe he ought to pray for me. I don't hear my watch tick. 
said, are you serious? Do you hear your watch tick? He said, yeah, I hear my watch tick. He says, I I've been looking at it for 30 years and I've heard it tick before and it goes tick, 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 tick. Sounds funny to look at it for 30 years and all of a sudden it goes tick, 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 tick. I said, are you serious? You hear your watch tick? He said, yeah, I hear my watch tick. And all of a sudden, people gets up out of the seat and runs down front to me. I mean, a lot of them. And says, pray for me. Oh, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And I went out like this and I started to pray for them, just like anybody else would. I started to pray for them like this, and they fell flat on the floor, everywhere. I says, well, uh -huh. <laughs> that's strange stuff for a First Baptist fellow. So I just act like an old pro. I come off of the steps, went down, walked back through here like this, and they were, they were trying to get to me, and I was doing like this, doing like this, doing like this, and they were falling between the seats everywhere, and I walked around, just like I had good sense. I, I act like I knew what I was doing. I didn't know a bit more than what I was doing than a goose. But I knew something was on me, though. But I walked around like this with this on me, this power on me. I walked around like this, walked around like this, and walked up this aisle and back down this aisle. It looked like you brought a machine gun and shot the whole bunch. <laughs> There's an old white-headed Pentecostal missionary there come up to me and he says, Young man, I haven't seen any power like this in 55 years. He said, I'm an old Pentecostal missionary. Back in the early days of Pentecost, we used to see God's power, the glory of the Lord, come in like this and slay people all over everywhere and have to haul them off in trucks, getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and getting healed everywhere. Just fall out for hours. He said, it looks like the whole bunch is dead in here. He said, I haven't seen anything like this in years. He said, well, don't feel bad. I never saw it before in my life. the first Baptist church is for sure I never saw it before but now wait a minute it's so strange sometimes when you try to be honest with God you know none of us are perfectly honest but when you try to do the best you can and at least try to follow God in the calling that's on you but I don't know what he's going to do for me that night in that meeting he put his healing power in my hands But the beautiful part about it for your sake is it's been in there ever since then. And that's about 18 or 19 years ago. It's been in there ever since. I laid my hands gently on a woman the other day. She had two young girls to bring her where I was at, crippled. Come up to me in the lobby of a hotel, says, Brother Norville, we found out that you was here. And this woman said, Bring, take me to him. I know the Lord wants to heal me. I'm going to get him to lay his hands on me. Now see, the moment I said that to you, not the left one, sometimes the left one does, but right then, begin to ache. Right up this one finger here, and right in here, and right, right up through here, begin to ache. Ache, just throbbing, aching, aching, aching. When you talk about it, it starts coming. That's the reason you should listen to Marty tonight, what she said. When you confess something and talk about it, talk about Jesus saving your children if they're lost. Talk about it. Confess it. Believe it. And he'll do it. Talk about it. You understand? Confess it. Talk about it. And he'll do it. 
And I said, okay, well, I'll pray for you. And so I reached over like this, put my hand over her head like this, and just stand there praying a little small, simple prayer. And all of a sudden, my right arm and hand began to turn warm and turned hot. Now, she was crippled. Two girls brought her in there. And right in front of me, God's power gently and sweetly began to go down through her. And all of a sudden, she had something. And all of a sudden, it went that way. And she went, oh, at a dancing. And when she did, the two girls that came with her, they went berserk. I mean, they, they started shouting and rejoicing and shouting and rejoicing all over everywhere. And the, the, all of a sudden, there's about 100 people there, and I wound up laying hands on every one of them. They, I tell you what, people see a cripple walk off. They want you to pray for them, sick or not sick. They just want you to pray for them. <laughs> well, they do. They want you to pray for them. Glory be to Jesus forever. Turn with me, please, to 16th chapter of the book of Mark. Are you ready? Are you ready to be healed? Well, the Lord's ready to heal you. Blessed be His holy name. And when the Lord showed me this, He said, I want to show you, son, the last 11 words that came out of my mouth, according to Mark, before I went to heaven, the importance of it. You know, we Baptists, we think, oh, well, it's in there, but you know, it's not important. It's just not important. I mean, we don't even think it's important enough to do it. When you don't think the Bible is important enough to do it, you're not going to get anything. Notice in the 16th chapter of the book of St. Mark, in the 18th verse, that's red letters if you have a red letter edition, notice the last 11 words. The last 11 words in the 18th verse. Jesus said, They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went. Everybody say, they went. They Everybody say, they they. Means me. Means me. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. Everywhere. Preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Always remember this. Wherever you're at is included in everywhere. I know that's a very complicated and twisted thing to try to understand. <laughs> if you'll notice my ministry, I have a very deep theological ministry. <laughs> like, cast out devils now. Lay hands on the sick tonight, not next month. Give your inward men over to God now. Get that deaf devil out of your members now. I don't care if you're Pentecostal or Methodist. Who cares? If you're deaf, you're deaf. No, it's in your spiritual pride taking you over. If you're Pentecostal and you're deaf, you have a demon. Oh, really? Well, tell me about it. You mean Jesus makes you deaf? Well, I wouldn't say that. Well, there's only two, Jesus and the devil. There's not a hidden somewhere, somewhere that doesn't work. All the good things come down from heaven to you, and all the bad things come from the devil. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. 
So I began to lay hands. The Lord wanted me to begin to lay hands on people. I couldn't believe it. And I'm telling you, cripples begin to walk off and people begin to get healed. And then I, I did that for several years. Now, are you ready for this? I wasn't ready for it. I did it for several years, laid hands on people. And all of a sudden then, all of a sudden, two different things begin to happen to my ministry that I'd never seen happen to nobody else's ministry. I'm sure it probably has. i just never seen it, that's all. Of course, you can understand I haven't been around, I, I hadn't been around a whole lot of preachers that prayed for the sick either. Sometimes I'd be speaking, you know, and sometimes people come down front to be healed, and sometimes a whirlwind would come out of heaven into the service, and all of a sudden go whoosh, and just slam on the floor and meet some of the platform. They all looked like they were dead. I said, dear God, what is this? And I'd never seen God do that before. Then all of a sudden, then, then I'd say, well, dear God, boy, I'm, I'm going to pray that happens tomorrow night. Wouldn't happen again for two years. I couldn't even make God do it. I couldn't even talk God into it. I couldn't even pray it down. You don't pray whirlwinds down. If God chooses to give a whirlwind, he will. If he don't, you're not going to make God do anything. You might as well know that. If God wants to put a whirlwind into this building right now and go over and get a person dying with cancer and heal them, or if he wants to heal 20 in one spot, that's up to him. I can't make him do it or not make him do it. If I could make him do it, I'd get him to put a whirlwind on every hospital in the country and empty the thing, but you can't do that. It's by faith that you receive from God. And then I'd be praying, I'd be praying along and sometimes in the afternoon before the Spirit of God would say to me, Tonight, I want to operate. Don't let them play any pianos. Don't let them play any instruments. And I'll operate. If I let them play instruments, he wouldn't do it. That's sometimes in a healing line when I lay hands on the sick. He'll heal people if you're playing instruments and singing both. Sometimes, it, sometimes I even ha I have them to. That's fine. I want to be quiet so everybody can see it and know that I'm God. It causes faith to rise up in them, son. And I'm telling you, if you've never seen, if you have never seen the Holy Ghost operate on everybody in church, it is a sight to behold. It is an awesome thing to watch the Holy Ghost operate on everybody in church. You understand that? That's an awesome thing to watch, to watch the Holy Ghost operate on people. But it's a wonderful thing but it's about half scary. Laying under the floor and watch the Holy Ghost push her clothes up like this, about two or three inches, and move around like this and cut a cancer out and it disappear. And them laying there like this, <laughs> unconscious. Right now, my brother and sister, whether you know it or not, we the church have basically just begun fooling around. We're just starting in right now to get some manifestations from God in heaven that, brother, when he gets through, you'll know that he's God. Any half-idiot will know he's God. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Shambach called me today. He said, Norville, I'm down in Charleston, South Carolina, holding a tent meeting. I'm going to drive to Gatlinburg Monday. And I think I'm just going to be with you all week. Next week at the Civic Center there in Gatlinburg all week long. 
So I want to rest some because I'm tired. I've been preaching under the tent down here in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, some time ago, I he paid for a person like a had no hand, and I believe it was the hand just whoosh, shot out. He said, you see that all the time? No, you don't see that all the time. You've got to be kidding. But in these last days, you have to understand this, my brother and sister, that Shambach is a real clean living man. And Shambach is one of these old-fashioned gospel preachers. Well, he is. He preaches the gospel. I told him today, me and him talked a long time over the phone today. I said, Shambach, I just, I came all the way till you get to Gatlinburg next week so I can hear you preach. I like that he preaches Bible stories. If you'll notice, he just preaches Bible. That's all he preaches is Bible stories. Me, I'm not called to do that. I can't do that. God called me to teach. When you're called and set in a certain office, you have to operate in that office. God called me to teach. I am responsible under God to teach the body of Christ how something works. You understand that? Not just preach the gospel per se. It's all the gospel. But when you're called to teach, I have to teach people how to cast it. That's the reason God called me. So I want you to start a Bible college, son. I want you to teach people. I want you to teach them. I'm responsible for teaching Bible school students how to cast out devils and how to get people healed. They can get people healed as well as I can. As well as I can. If you just sit there and listen and learn, you can do it as well as I can. I can go in a room with any kind of a demon-possessed person and get them totally free. It may take me two or three days or a week. It took me five days one time. When a girl was wild, she was wild. She had drank whiskey and take dope right in my face. I said, in Jesus' name, come out of her. It wouldn't even phase her. I did that for five days. Five days, I said, Jesus, in Jesus' name, you devils, turn this girl loose. Come out of her, I said. And she'd laugh at me. <laughs> I said, in Jesus' name, I break your power. Come out of her. Five days I did that. You understand that? Then all of a sudden, in the fifth day, the fifth day, I said, no, I'm not, I, I'm not going to turn you loose. I'm going to get you. And I got her in Jesus' name. Come out of her. After two hours of doing that, two hours on the fifth day, fifth, two hours solid, all of a sudden out of heaven, God's power shot down out of heaven and hit her and went through her like this. Went through her and she goes, ow, and hit the floor and stayed unconscious for about 10 minutes, I guess, crying in the floor, but she had her eyes closed. She looked like she was crying in the spirit or something. And all of a sudden then, she just <sighs> rose up and she was completely normal. She rose up and said, Hi. <laughs> her father couldn't believe it. He drove 175 miles. I called him on the phone and says, Your daughter is not demon-possessed no more. She is free. He jumped in his car and drove 175 miles. He walked in the room, and he saw his daughter, and for the first time in two years, she had said, Hi, Daddy. He ran to the altar. I watched him. He ran to the altar by himself and hit the floor on his knees and started thanking God with his head down. Oh, God. <clears throat> when you have a demon-possessed child like that, you see God's power come out of heaven. Things sometimes, my brother and sister, don't come cheap. And they don't come easy either. They don't come cheap, they don't come easy. <clears throat> but the Lord God now is ready to deliver you. <clears throat> he 
He wants to set you free. When? Right now. Faith is now. Faith is tonight. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you and wants to set you free, totally free. Blessed be God forever. First of all, I want all the impossible. If there's any incurable cases here, I want them to come down front first. Pastors, you can do the same thing if you want to, but I want the incurable cases to come down first. Any kind of incurable cases, I want you to come down first. You have no hope. I want you to come down. The doctor says that you just don't have it. You're not going to be healed. I want you to come first. Because I am telling you that you can be healed. <clears throat> and all the rest of you, I want you to do your best to bring somebody tomorrow night that needs help from God. Neighbors, friends, it doesn't make a difference who it is. Come and be set free. Bring them so they can be set free by the power of God. The Holy Spirit loves you and he'll set you free. He'll just totally set you free. Pastors, feel free to invite your people up that needs help up to the front and have them to get in line. We'll pray for them. As we pray here and the Spirit of God moves on these, he'll move right through the screen and he'll move in your church. Right through your hands, the same as he will mine. Pastors, the Spirit of God will move right. He'll operate on your people the same as he will these. You might say, do you think Jesus will operate on some of these people? Are you kidding? I know he will. I don't think nothing. Sure he will. And the more you believe it, the stronger you'll get it. And the way you show God you believe, just stand there, close your eyes before God, show him reverence, and thank God for healing you. The best way in the world to be healed is stand there with reverence, with your eyes closed, and thank God, thank God for healing you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. See, like this fellow over here on the stretcher over here, and the young fellow that went down here, try to find some of those cases tomorrow. Bring them in here tomorrow night. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus is the healer. Is the Jesus. Jesus is the miracle worker. Everybody say the name of Jesus, name of Jesus is, stronger is stronger than all devils. Than all devils. Now then, before we ever ask the Lord to heal anybody, you're supposed to practice what you preach, you know. Before we ever come before the throne of God, tonight, not ask Him to heal anybody. I want you to close your eyes. Put your hands up and let's worship Him for a while. Oh, we worship You, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> worship Him. Worship Jesus the healer, Jesus the savior, Jesus the miracle worker. Worship him. Worship him and praise his wonderful, blessed, holy name. The word of God is true. The Holy Spirit is after your inward man. The Holy Spirit is after your inward man so that you'll worship him. mahanda. <clears throat> Sadeyambo kololokomansa kabayala lokoyote kisidioto kololokohanda. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus, and praise thy holy name. We worship you, Jesus, and praise thy holy name. We worship you, Jesus, and praise thy holy name. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I feel a spirit of boldness coming into this place. 
a spirit of expectancy coming into this place. God, let the spirit of boldness come. <clears throat> let the spirit of boldness come in Jesus' name. Keep on worshiping Him and praising Him. Keep on worshiping Him and praising Him. Keep on doing it. Don't stop. Keep on worshiping Him. Keep on worshiping Him. Keep on worshiping Him. Oh yeah, amen. Get behind her. Get behind her. In Jesus' name, the anointing of God is there on you. Keep on worshiping Him. Keep on worshiping Him. That's right. Worship Him and thank Him. I curse this affliction and die, I said, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a special miracle. Thank you, Lord, for a special miracle for him. Thank you, Lord, for that mighty power going down through his body in Jesus' name. A special miracle for him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Holy Ghost is a surgeon in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for operating on him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your power going through his mind and through his body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Keep on worshiping God, church. Keep on worshiping Him. Thank you, Lord, for that mighty power going through Him. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. hands up in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God forever. That's right. Let that power in you heal you totally. The power of God's trying to do something great for this young man. Thank you, Lord, for that power. Let it go in him. Let it go in him, Lord. Let it go in him. Let it go in him. In Jesus' name. Give it to him, Jesus. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Strange how God works with some people. Hala boko sanda bakalalaka handa. Sata boko boko mansa. Say bakasa. There it goes. There it goes on the inside of you. There it goes. Hala boko sanda. Yes. Hadi bioso kololaka mansa. Let the power of God flow in her body in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for that mighty power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Jesus' name. With our mighty power, Lord, surge through his mortal body. In Jesus' name, affliction, I curse you. Die, I said, in Jesus' name. In the name, the Holy Ghost is already healing you. The Holy Ghost is healing you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for operating on her. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost operating on her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost operating on this woman and here on the floor. 
in Jesus' name. I agree, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for blessing my sister in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for blessing her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. I bind up every spirit that try to harm her. And I command her to be free completely in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for healing my sister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stretch your hand out here to this man. Church, say, Jesus, a special miracle for my brother. A special miracle. A special miracle. A special miracle. A special miracle in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the mighty power. I curse this affliction in Jesus' name. I command it to die. Cease being. Get of his body. I bind you in Jesus' name. I command every spirit of infirmity come out of him. Obey me, I said, come out of him. Obey me in Jesus' name. Come out of him. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. That's right. Thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let the Spirit of God surge through him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' blessed holy name. Now raise your hands, church, and thank the Lord for it. Thank the Lord for it. Thank the Lord for it. Be prayed for, honey. Thank you, Lord, for healing my sister. Thank you, Lord, for healing my little sister in Jesus' name. I curse any affliction in her body and command it to die and cease being. Stop! Get out of her body in Jesus' name. Her body belongs to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power flowing through her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I felt it. I know it. Hoya, 
Labik is in the autumn. In second seat. Alamo Kosaja. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you may be seated with your eyes closed. Be seated with your eyes closed. Just hold your hands up a little bit like this, about halfway or whatever. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing it to him. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing. Sing it again. Worship God down front. Need help from God? Come down here. 
need help from God tonight, come down here right now. Bow down before God on your knees all over this congregation. Your mind is confused. You're all messed up. You're lost. You have no hope. Get up out of your seat and come down here right now. I got to have some help from God. Come from everywhere. Come from all directions to God. Let the lost come to God in Jesus' name. And they're coming from every direction. Thank you, Lord. Keep it up, boys. Everybody say, Heavenly Father. I believe that Jesus loves me. And I believe that he died for me. And I pray that you'd forgive me of all sin. And you'd wash me clean and white as snow. Write my name in heaven. By faith. 
Jesus, I receive you into my life. And I will walk with you. And I will talk with you. I will sing to you. And I will worship you all the days of my life. And say, Jesus, I will never have any other gods before you. You, Jesus, and you only. From this night forward, shall I serve. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Now keep on singing it. Sing it to him some more. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Come into my heart. 